Hello, what have we here? Welcome to IDP Nation, the place for IDP and draft coverage. We are your hosts, Dan and Daryl. We have you covered from your LB1 Year Taxi Squad. We are IDP Nation. And we're back. IDP Nation is back again. And for the next month or so, we're just going to be talking rookies because the NFL draft is apparently on. Roger Goodell has said many, many times that the draft is going to go on as planned. Not as originally planned, but as the date-wise goes. Uh, So we're going to talk about rookie safeties today. Um, We are joined by our Dig Podcast co-host, Eric, Woo-hoo! and up, of course we, we have Daryl. As always, yes, and Daryl who uh, shearing doors off of tractor trailers and stuff, trying to stop the people from working. Um, okay, hold up, time out, time out. <laughs> I have I have done a lot of shipping and receiving, and I have never seen no shit like this. <laughs> I'm sitting there doing paperwork. I know this is not what this pod is about, but I got to get this off my chest. I'm sitting there doing paperwork, and my partner's out there pulling tickets to make sure we're loading the right stuff on the guy. And I get up to go see if this guy's backing in the door. And I'm standing there, and he's almost to the door. And his one of his doors, and I will post this on Twitter so y'all can see, one of his doors is perfectly straight with the trailer he didn't have it pinned back to the (laughs) side so it looked like it was part of the side of the trailer and before i could run to the door to tell him to stop he backed straight into our dock and hit the rubber he hit the rubber bumper guards and it sheared this door straight off his freaking trailer i'm shaking my head because the door's laying inside the building on the dock plate and he comes in and i'm like dude you just he gets out of his truck, and I'm like, you just sheared the door off your truck, off your trailer. And he's like, oh. And I was like, yeah. And he comes in, he looks at it, and he says, well, I've been driving for 31 years. Do you know how many times I've done that? And I'm thinking, well, I'm pretty sure you've done it one because I'm looking at it. And he's like, I've never done that. And I was like, well, I don't know First what time to tell for you. everything. But- but get this, he continues backing up to the dock like he's going to get loaded. And I'm like, dude, there's no way I can load this stuff on your trailer with one freaking door. One, if it gets wet, it's going to get ruined. Two, if it, you've got one door, what if it slides out? And he's like, oh, I think it'll be all right. And I'm like, oh, my God, I just can't. Yeah, but I'm I sure will. that's pretty illegal. I'm I, as I speak right now, I'm going to post this to Twitter so y'all can see this. But well, go you, ahead. You, I, you, you tweeted the other night when it happened. That's why I mentioned it. Yeah. It's so. cr- I, like I said, I've seen a lot of crazy crap, but I have never seen anything like that. It's got six hinges on each side. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've unloaded tractors or trailers. At, at Dude, the, it sheared every single freaking hinge perfectly. Just and just laid the door down. And then he picks up the trailer. He picks up the door and he's like, "Well, I'll just lay it in the trailer." Okay, where am I supposed to put all the shit that I'm loading on you? But hey, you do whatever you got to do there, buddy. No oh, man. 
That's crazy. That's more exciting than my uh, work week, which is uh, <laughs> sitting behind a computer and uh, basically corresponding back and forth with parents and students and oh, teachers. Like... It's going. I mean, it's interesting. It's it's different. It's uh, it's it's different, and we're probably going to be doing this for a while because. Uh, you're a teacher, so let me ask you this: all these, okay. all these states, we're expected to be uh, shut down statewide here, probably within the next day or two. Um, kids is not my kids not been to school in probably almost a month. I don't expect him to go back, but they're calling saying we're going to do this online, check in and do your homework stuff. Do they really expect these kids to do this? I think every state is a little different because I know in Pennsylvania that there's lawyers involved. So, you know, when lawyers are involved, it's fun. Um, <laughs> right. But apparently, and, you know, not to get into too much detail, um, but we, we can't really expect the students to turn stuff in. Right. And I'm sure there'll be some kids that do it. You know, I've had some I, I, kids that are excited to do it because they're so bored of just sitting at home because they can't really go outside and play with their friends. Nope. They can't really do anything. So having something to do for a part of the day is actually exciting to them. So I mean, it's so good. how does how does this grading work in your opinion? I mean, how are they going to? Uh, we've been told we're not grading anything as far as right now. Gotcha. That's gotcha. that's the latest word. It could change Monday. It could change tomorrow. As our governor decides, I guess, is how it's going to go. But the, the issue is there, there's so many different... The, the issue is not every child has internet. Not every child has a computer. So right. you, can't, well, you can't expect kids to get stuff digitally when they don't have a digital yeah. platform to get it off of. So We're kind of behind, so... The governor of Tennessee came out and said today that he's going to put a shelter in place, but it's not going to be mandatory. He's wanting basically restaurants, entertainment places to kind of shut down and slow all this down. We've been doing that for two weeks. so Right, but I kind of think that if it doesn't, if people doesn't respond to this or comply with this, he's going to put a shelter in place mandatory, which really shuts the whole site down i can actually see that coming for us well like i don't know we kind of have that going on now they have a eight o'clock basic like curfew kind of thing going on but like i mean my wife works for a grocery store and she's still working her regular hours regular shifts in fact some overtime um my part-time job is still open uh you know parts are considered i guess necessary in case you know, a nurse's car breaks down. They need oil or something, I guess, is why. Right. I, I don't understand it all, but, I mean, I don't know. Stuff. Some stuff's staying open, some stuff's not. Um, it, it stinks. But, you know, try to, you know, order takeout from your local places. That's it. You know, we've been trying to hit up the local places, and, you know, yeah. obviously, you know, we need to go to the supermarket you know, we don't really right. have too many like mom and pop shops for that stuff, but um, but like the comic store had to shut down. Um, they're yeah, still trying you... to mail stuff out and do stuff like that, but you know, a lot of the businesses are hurting. So, 
Yeah, they closed all. I think on they started our quarantine type. You know, all shutting all the tattoo places down and the tattoos are essential, aren't they? And all, they and are, and all that type of stuff down. But it's like nothing really changed because yeah, you know, half the stuff is still the way it was the day before. So yeah. it's just you can't. I know the ski resorts are. There's still people going up there and. They're talking about finding people five hundred to to a thousand bucks for just going up. There. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised that's even like, like I, I don't know. I guess it's like going to a park. You can walk around the barricade, and you know, if nobody's there to tell you to stop, <laughs> you can. And they're doing backcountry skiing too. They're not, you know, they're staying. Obviously, they can stay out of the resorts, but once they can go backcountry skiing all they want. So yeah. I mean, it's pretty hard to stop that. As long you know. as you're six feet away, right? Yeah, I guess. It's exercise. <laughs> yeah, anyways, enough of the quarantine talk. I'm sure everybody's tired of uh, the quarantine stuff here. Um, I know I certainly am tired of it. Um, but, yeah, there's there's rumors that the NFL is exploring all their options as far as, you know, maybe not doing a season. I said, oh, my goodness, that would suck. But that really oh, suck. I can't, I can't even fathom it. Yep, but uh, anyway, let's uh... my sound's not working here. Okay, I can hear you. Up. Oh no, yeah. my uh, my my sound. He's got here. something up his sleeve. Nah, just the news. Good news, everyone. <laughs> there you go. What's the way you got in the news there, Daryl? All right, so a few things here. Looks like Everson Griffin is reportedly on the Browns' radar. He should be on the Seahawks' radar. I'd love to see Griffin go to the Seahawks. Right. Not a bad fit if he goes to Cleveland. Playing opposite of uh, Miles Garrett, that's a uh, that's well, a pretty nice gig. Olivier yeah, Vernon was... would be gone in that case, I'm sure. It, I think if you can get Griffin, you... you yeah. Well, you easily either, yeah. push Vernon out. Absolutely. Yeah. Here's, here's the door. Yep. Yeah. But also, Demarius Randall looks like he's out for the Browns. I was reading; he's yeah. not not an option there. So I was wrong then because uh, they had signed. Who did they sign? I forget. Carl Joseph. Carl Joseph. Yeah. So that means Sheldrick Redwine does have a chance to play. Yeah, this year. and I've seen some rumors that Randall could go to the Redskins. That'd be interesting, him and Landon Collins together. Uh, absolutely. Be a good duel. Yeah. Well, Eric Reed, um, he's a free agent. Although he's currently yeah. uh, trying to get a revote for the NL, NFLPA and collective bargaining, but which could, yeah, which could irritate some owners. It could. I'd pass on Reed if it was me, but hey. I knew with the new owner coming in in Carolina, I knew he probably won't last much longer anyway. I know they wanted to get Boston back. Well, I mean, Reed was Reed was brought in with the with the owner in Carolina, so mm. it was that year. I watched the All or Nothing on the Panthers. <laughs> I know they had a big meeting about it, and if they wanted to bring him in, they decided it was best for the team to bring him in. So that was like a year and a half ago. This is mid-season, right, when they brought Yeah, it was mid-season. I think so, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so up next, um, interesting, <laughs> your boy Jadavian Clowney's not been signed yet. And according he's, to... He's asking for way too much money, and nobody wants to is. give up that kind of money. And his, his medicals is a big issue. Very true. Teams want to get a look like, at him. It's likely that, according to reports, it's likely he could have to wait until training camp if there is one to sign. So, well, he might he might want to go that route anyway. See what's you know how it's shaken out. Take a one year deal. Don't you kind of think it's Seahawks or Titans though? You you never know injury wise. You never know True. how the draft falls. You never really know. I think he. I think he'd like to come back to Seattle. I think if he waits till training camp, he'll eventually just go back to Seattle. But um, the Titans really have a edge. I mean, they have Landry. They and that's it. That's about it. Yeah, I guess. I guess all the other guys have have moved on. Correa is okay. A good situational guy. Yeah, Beasley. Well, I don't know why they even wasted their money on Beasley. Oh yeah, they have Beasley. It? They only signed him to a one-year deal, right? Yeah. But yeah. Such a waste. I mean, he's not going to be what you expect. I mean, I could I could see some team take a chance on him after the draft if they don't if they don't get a linebacker edge guy they want they want. Right. Yeah. I mean, so, I think right now that they they want to get the medicals. I think because some of these guys are being held up due to medicals, and you know they want to get him. Especially Clowney, he has quite an extensive injury rap sheet so to speak um he missed a lot some time with seattle last year which i think is maybe they don't want to give him you know 20 million dollars and him be hurt for you know a quarter of the season like kind of like he was last year like i said the guy's never had 10 sacks in a season so nine and a half was his career high <laughs> kind of hard <laughs> to get kind of hard to give a guy 20 million dollars as an edge rusher and not have double digit sacks near five years in the league right so, I, I mean, good player. Like I said, you know, doesn't necessarily show up on the stat sheet all that he does, but um, he still makes an impact. He does make an impact. And like I said, he's not a stat sheet impact guy. Um, nope. He's more well, of a game changer. Me, yeah, me and Dan kind of talked this a few weeks ago. It's not what he gives you for a full season. It's how many impact plays per game he's going to give you. Yeah. And they, if you can live with what he's going to give you on a per game basis, then I think that's what, how you got to pay him, not what he's going to give you for a full season. Well, they replayed the uh, 49ers Seahawks game, the first one, where he had that, um, I think it was an interception or a fumble recovery for a touchdown. And that changed that game a lot because Seattle was struggling to score early on and uh, made that yeah. like a 10-7 game and really tightened it up and made, you know, gave Seattle a chance because their offense was sputtering like it often does in the first half. Um, so I think it gave, it gave the, the Seahawks a chance in that game. And that's what he kind of brought is he made big plays in games that kind of turned the tide or, you know, helped. And again, it wasn't necessarily a, a stat sheet thing. It was a QB hurry, you know, hitting the QB, um, right. stuff like that that doesn't necessarily get you points. So for IDP, not the most, you know, beneficial guy. But 
Better, definitely better as a defensive end, though, if you're going to have him. Uh, so what else, Daryl? You got anything else there? Uh, yeah, Mike Daniels has been in talks with Baltimore, which is kind of interesting since they recently signed Derek Wolf away from the Broncos. Uh, they uh, traded for Calais Campbell, and they signed Michael Brocker. So, well, did you see it, the Brockers thing? Yeah, he, he the Brockers out deal got through. Yeah, it fell through, oh. and he re-signed with the Rams. They didn't oh, like something. Did yeah, they didn't like something in his medicals, so that's why they signed Wolf. Interesting. Um, so that's that makes Daniels a little more intriguing. Then. Yeah, but I mean Wolf. Campbell, they got a couple other guys up front. I know Pierce moved on, I think, or one of them moved on. Pierce or Williams, one, I think they did, yeah. Yeah, one of them moved on. So, um, yeah, I mean, they have a good front line. They they need linebackers bad because Anwaso uh, is no mo. Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you're going to get to that. He signed with the Jets, which is, is dumbfounding to me. Because the Jets seem to have like 15 linebackers. I know they all got hurt last year. <laughs> but like they have a ton of linebackers. Yeah, we got Mosley, they, they got Williamson. Cashman. Um, Jenkins. <laughs> they have a few other guys Hewitt. that I can't remember. And yeah. Neville Hewitt too. Didn't he resign with them? Yeah. So, I mean, they have like nine of them. I don't know what they're doing. Unless they're trying to cut Avery Williamson. Maybe. I mean, I don't even think he played down for them. Mm-mm, he did not. He uh, tore his ACL in preseason. Yeah, preseason. So he might have played a preseason snap. But Anyways, moving forward here. So Anwaso's value I see is nothing, basically. Same with Cashman, unfortunately, <laughs> unless they get rid of some guys. Right. Anything else in the news? Uh, no, not really. I mean, Shelby Harris re-signed with the Broncos, which is, that keeps that front four intact with, you know, with Casey that they got now. And um, if Wolf, or not Wolf, we just said it, his name. Anyway, that you know, with Casey, that's a big one. And then, Reggie Ragland signed up with the Lions. I thought was interesting. That linebacker group is a complete mess in Detroit. It has been for yeah. years. Like, um, just let Halani Tavai take over. Seriously. Yeah, I mean, you've got all these pieces and no really significant one is ahead of the other. I mean, I'm avoiding that whole group right now. Yeah. Edmund Robinson from the XFL apparently signed with the Falcons, although it originally <laughs> reported he signed with the Titans, so, or Texans. So, yeah, it looks like he's with the Falcons, I guess. Um, unless Roto World has two different guys that... I think they might have gotten confused with the Houston Roughnecks, possibly. Possibly, yeah. Um... But yeah, some of the XFL guys are getting a chance. Um, but yeah, not 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 a ton defensive wise. Some bad corners that will be um, will be on your radar for when you stream them, like I suggest you do. Um, 
<laughs> like Ronald Darby got picked up by somebody. The Redskins. Redskins. Um, what's that? I, said, I was just saying he got picked up by the Redskins. I guess only yeah. one deal, though. Oh, that's okay. He can get burnt for a year. Uh, Colts, <laughs> Colts got TJ Carey. He could be burnt for a while. Uh, one of the former Colts went and signed with somebody. I can't remember who. But yeah, those are guys to keep an eye on waiver wire time when they're getting abused. Those are the guys I like to get. Anyways, if there's nothing else in the news, we're going to get to today's main event. We're going to talk about rookie safeties, um, who we think are the top, I guess, five or six is is what we kind of have said are going to be relevant this year. Um, One of the things last year... You know, we were on rookie fever the other day, me and Daryl, and we, we could name about 10 safeties in that class that had a shot right. of taking the next step this year. Sheldrick Redwine was one of them we talked about. Um, the The issue with this is where they're going to be drafted is, is big because their opportunity is, is going to mm-hmm. go a long way. You look at some of the talented guys last year that just – they have a roadblock in front of them. Marvell Tell had two safeties in front of him, along with uh, Kyrie Willis on his own team, um, yeah. you know, blocking him. So you had guys that we liked in the preseason, pre-draft, and we didn't like them too much once they moved on teams. Um, so we're going to kind of take a look through the mock drafts. Uh, I have a CBS uh, mock draft up that we're kind of going to go through. And see, cool. um, you know, safety by safety, kind of where they're going to fall and, and who they might fall to. Um, obviously, some of the teams might be different because, like, you know, we, we talked earlier off air about how Dallas is probably going to draft a corner or a safety. They're going to need a corner mm. probably too. But uh, they, they, they've been needing a safety for years, and they, they kind of addressed it with HaHa Clinton Dix, which did we mention that? I don't know. It's uh, been a while. I don't know if we did. We, we, did. we went over a bunch, so I'm not exactly sure. Uh, but they also have Xavier Woods um, on the team still. So, you know, whoever. Um, they should just have the Xavier and Xavier show. So, <laughs> which is a good segue into our first guy. Uh, he's my top safety. I haven't watched every safety, but the ones I've watched, Xavier McKinney is is my top safety. I think he does it every everything, does everything pretty well. Uh, he is from Alabama, um, and pretty decent size, pretty decent speed, and like I said, does everything. Um, he's maybe not, you know, Buda Baker. Uh, you know, somebody who, you know, is, is like an elite IDP option. Um, you know, I've always loved Buda Baker, uh, but McKinney does a lot of the same things can play up on the line, can play back if called upon. Um, and, and they kind of called him like an elite nickel, which is, is a position that the NFL is, is definitely looking for players is that nickel safety, nickel corner, guys that can cover, be near the line, make plays, blitz. McKinney does it all. Mm-hmm. Um, is he your guy's top safety pick? Go ahead, Eric. Yeah, he is. I, you know, Delpit was my 
number one, you know, coming into the past year, and then he didn't have the greatest of years, but McKinney kind of passed that. And to add on to Dan's point, he, you know, he's he's got good speed to cover sideline to sideline. You know, he, he can get in the backfield or just back up into coverage or, you know, just all over the field. But pretty much everything Dan just said. So, but yeah, he is my number one safety. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you guys. I mean, he just, uh, I think he's the clear-cut number one, really. Um, Coming from Alabama, you know, he knows what it takes to win. He can do a little bit of everything. Uh, No issues with tackling, uh, you know. (laughs) I mean, whatever you ask him to do, he's going to do it and do it very well. So, um, yeah, like you guys, he's my number one safety right now. Yeah, I just think he does everything well, uh, which is, is the reason that I have that. Um, All right. Going on to the number two guy, mm. I have Delpit number two. And, oh. and Eric mentioned earlier about Delpit not having the greatest um, junior season. Um, part of that actually was not his fault. They kind of asked him to do some different stuff in this year uh, because of injuries in the secondary Um, because he was you know your your strong safety playing up on line guy Um, he had to actually play more free safety this season than he had in previous which was good for his ball skills which he I think he has the best ball skills out of this group as far as uh, interceptions and big big plays But his tackling was so bad. I mean, he got he got plenty of tackles. Don't get me wrong, and, and he was um, obviously one of the top safeties. Um, but he just took a kind of a minor half step back, I think, for me, because um, you know I, I think I even considered taking him into Debbie League last year because he he was at, coming out of a sophomore season. He was the top safety hands right. down from yeah. everybody just about he was a top he was borderline top five pick i think before this season so his stock dropped a little bit uh in this mock he's going in the second round which i think is a little late they only had one safety in the first round i think there's going to be more than one safety. although safety is not a prime spot that the teams invest a lot of draft capital in they actually have uh, him going to your Carolina Panthers there, Eric. That would that would be awesome. Yeah, I think they could definitely awesome. use uh, a safety yeah. now. They, they could use quite a few defensive backs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pair up with Trey Boston, and that would be that'd be pretty cool. I would be all for that. Yeah. So you had mentioned that you you've gone back and forth one two with with McKinney and Delp, but uh, Daryl, how about you? Who is your number two guy? See, I'm I'm kind of different. This is where we separate. I'm going with Antoine Winfield. Um, and I think he really challenges McKinney for the top safety. Um, he's probably the better ball skill player of the two. He has the lineage. His dad played in the NFL, so he knows what it takes. Um, but if you go back and watch his tape, I mean, there is really no shame in his game. He can play corner. He can play safety. That versatility is going to do really well for him at the next level. Um, and for Delpit, 
both of y'all know tackling is a pet peeve for me. If you can't tackle, especially in the secondary, or don't want to tackle, that's just I, I can't do it. I mean, I know some of it. They like Dan said, they asked well, him to play hold a little on. bit Del- different Delpit, role. Delpit wants to tackle. He just doesn't have good form. Okay, because you're you're trying to paint him with the greedy brush, so to speak. <laughs> He, he doesn't. Wa- he doesn't want to avoid tackles. He just doesn't wrap up very well. He he, he goes for goes. ankles. I'll give you that. But either way, I mean, a player of his stature should be have a way better tackling form than what he's got. Yeah, maybe NFL coaching can fix that. Maybe they can. But you would have thought, go thought LSU coaching would have fixed that. But you would think. But I'm still going to go with Winfield at two over Delphi. Yeah. Uh, obviously, lineage is, is good. Uh, at 5'9", though, that's a little... A little small. A little small. It is. It's little a little small. small. Uh, that's but, why um, teams might look at him to be like that slot corner, which we've mentioned is a prime position, yeah. which isn't a bad thing um, anymore, at least for IDP, at least. Um, it's just, is he going to be on the field every snap? That's the one bad thing about that nickel corner role is are you on the field every snap in, in today's nfl yeah you are pretty much um they have him going to dallas here shortly behind delpit on uh, the second round um i can i think second round is about where he's gonna go yeah and this i know one here that I'm going in the early second to the niners trading up yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously there's a mock draft. It's not set in yeah. stone. It's not, you know. Eric has a mock draft over on IDP, guys, if you want to go check that out. <laughs> Cheap plug here. Um, <laughs> I don't think I have Winfield in my first round, but I got I, got I don't think Delpit. you do either, yeah. Oh, I got wow. Delpit in my first round. Yeah. I, like I said, though, safety is not a position. If you look at franchise tag numbers, that's why a few safeties were tagged because it's a cheap tag number. Right. Um, right. So you you can tag a safety. You can get a safety, and you don't have to pay them. The higher you draft them, the higher you have to pay them. Um, right. So Winfield uh, is, I would say, is my third guy. Um, I think if if the world wasn't upside down and we didn't have so many um, pro days canceled and all these opportunities for teams to interview guys and bring them in. You may see some of the smaller school guys jump up your board a little bit, but, um, you know, the next couple guys, you know, Jeremy Chin, Kyle Duggar, you, you might have seen them at the Senior Bowl. If you didn't see them at the Senior Bowl, you didn't see them at the Combine, you didn't get to see them at your pro day, you know. Well, you're... here's where I'm going to step in. I've actually seen Kyle Duggar play in person, and mm-hmm. he is as good as as advertised. This kid is going to whatever team drafts him, they're gonna they're gonna reap some rewards with his return skills, his defensive skills, his um, his versatility. You may even see him play some linebacker in the right situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked kind of before the show. I seen him mock to Chicago, and that makes a ton of sense. Who else did that? Ryan Erlacher, New Mexico. Started out as a safety, transitioned to linebacker. Erlacher's I know a lot bigger. He is, but I love the fit in Chicago. I really do. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah, with, with the, those guys, um, the only issue is 
you're seeing those guys third round. Um, I think uh, Duggar's going to surprise some people. I don't know. Nope. Yeah, like I'm not. I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm. I'm just saying, you know, as far as draft capital wise, I don't think you're going to see a high draft capital player. He may be a day two pick, uh, but a late drop, day two, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, yeah, day two is round two and three, so wouldn't be surprised if he went day two. I don't think he's going day one. Um, no, 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 I don't think so. That's too early. I, I think yeah. Delpit and McKinney are the only two that have a shot to go day one, in my opinion. Um, just because the need, the the early teams need safeties. The teams yeah. that are late; they don't really need safeties. They're not going to go in the first round and grab a safety. You know, and Dallas is probably the, the top late later team that could use safety and like you said jacksonville has that second pick from the rams that they could use on a safety as well um but yeah chin and um chin and duggar are are slated to go in the third round probably uh, according to this mock uh there is a guy in between that we haven't mentioned that we haven't really brought up at all really um terrell burgess from utah there's a couple Utah safeties uh, that are looking to get drafted. Uh, have you guys watched any of the Utah safeties? I have not. Justin, no, I haven't either. I've Julian Blackman and um, Terrell Burgess. I've seen a little bit of Blackman. Uh, haven't really focused on Burgess much, but I think Blackman's probably the more talented of the two. It's funny because he's the kind of lower rated of the two. <laughs> but anyway, um, so getting back to our kind of third, fourth, and fifth guys here, we had um, McKinney, or not McKinney, Winfield, uh, Duggar, and Chin. So you're saying Duggar, you like Duggar, Daryl, as your third, I guess, fourth Actually, guy. Well, yeah, Duggar's my fourth. They'll put just because of the tackling issues form or whatever i've got him at three and i've got duggar at four i think with his return skills that's a huge plus for teams uh he's an impact player you get him in the right situation and i think he's gonna ball out i really do yeah and eric how about you is that who you have kind of third fourth or fourth area i guess yeah i got winfield third and then uh duggar fourth then chin fifth yeah, that's about how I. They're like kind of all, kind of all right there. Daryl, do you have Chin fifth, or do you have somebody else jumps? I have there? somebody else. I have Ashton Davis. Okay, yeah, he's my five. sixth guy. So, yeah, I think after the first three, Winfield, McKinney, and Delpit, I think it kind of drops a tier. Yeah, but I think Duggar is pushing. He's leading that second tier. And he's making a push up into that first year. I really do. I think he's that close. Yeah. Going back, going back to Jeremy Chin. Jeremy, you know, he's he's six foot three, two twenty one. So he's he's a big he's a little guy. bit of a he's a little bit of a big guy. He had a hundred and hundred and twelve tackles last year. Eric, I can almost see him? see him playing linebacker. That's what I was fixing to say. Yeah. I was fixing to ask Eric. Do you think with that size? 
do you think he kind of pushes towards the linebacker position? He could. He's kind of like one of those, you know, tweener where he can do both. You know, he's a little bit on the bigger side, but he can I mean, run, he's, or he's he a can li- rush in the box. He's a hair lighter than Isaiah Simmons. And I, we know Isaiah Simmons is that kind of hybrid, you know, safety right. linebacker, you know, could play like, both. Um, like he, Cam too, you know, like he was, you know, he's, he was a safety at yeah. Washington and then he plays all middle linebacker now. Right. Um, so anybody else that you think has a shot at starting this season on a team? Cause I know that's what a lot of people don't really, you know, they, they play oh. dynasty, but they play with a kind of a, you know, Unless you're going to throw some guys... Like, there's some taxi squad guys that you could just throw on a taxi squad and see what shakes out. Are there any other guys that you think can start this year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe not start right away. You know, not right off the bat. You know, like Kayvon Wallace and... J- Kayvon Wallace from Clemson or J.R. Reed from Georgia. You know, I think they make... You know, maybe in a couple of years... Once they get a little bit more acclimated to the to the NFL, mm-hmm. they can make their way into a starting spot, but not not right away. Not like the not the early guys here. Yeah, and um, you know Reed and Wallace both being seniors. You know Reed being a fifth year senior. Um, you know that, that kind of sometimes tells you they're not elite talents if they're not coming out after a junior year i don't want to say all t- all players that don't come out you know stay for their senior season you know aren't elite but most of the time if they see that they can be drafted they're gone um yeah so stay in that senior season i think sometimes we look at that and say ah you know is this guy ready to take that step you know or not. Um, one of the things you gotta also have to think about is with J.R. Reed and Kyle Duggar, they're gonna be 24 years old. Yeah. <laughs> they got true. March birthdays of 1996, so they're gonna be 24 years old when they enter the league. So I mean, they're gonna be uh, mature, um, but sometimes that age can be, yeah, you know, it against them. You know, it might play against them. Although, one that y'all, one guy that y'all haven't mentioned that I kind of keep an eye on, kind of like, is um, Jalen Hawkins from California, six two, two ten, kind of a bigger type safety. Played really I got, well. I got six foot and two hundred eight. Uh, I might be looking at. I've got. I'm looking at Sports Reference, so uh, they may be off a little bit. They've well, got six two, two ten. You got to look at the combine. True. I just kind of looking at his. He kind of reminds me a little bit of um, your boy Earl Thomas in a way. Okay. He really does. I mean, he's not he's not quite that level, but I see flashes of that in him. I mean, he had back in 2018, he had six picks. You know, Um, he's an enforcer. I mean, he gets a lot of solo tackles. You know, 40 plus tackles last year solos. So I, I kind of see that in him. He's one to at least he's worth keeping an eye on. Yeah. And, you know, some of these guys have gotten, you know, games or not games, um, stuff added to them. Um, right. You know, tape added that I've watched. Um, so 
Now, seeing as though I'm going to be home for a while, I'll probably spend some time watching <laughs> some of this stuff. Um, just because, you know, the, these these things are kind of, you know, changing. You don't just want to take other people's opinions on things. Right. Um, you kind of want to have your own opinion when it comes to stuff like that. So um, definitely we'll sit and watch some of these guys. Um, but like I said, I think with those top three, I think we're all pretty much in agreement. Those top three are probably going to land starting jobs. If they're not landing right. starting jobs, they're going to be getting it pretty soon. Because um, you got to figure with those three, they're going to find a way to get them on the field. They're going to be taking pretty high draft capital. And I think that's one thing that I need to pay attention more in, in my uh, IDP thoughts about who's going to be an impact player is draft capital. Because one of the things you can't argue is, you know, if you're an undrafted free agent, we've had a lot of guys that we thought were great players in college that just didn't get drafted, didn't yeah. get a shot. Yeah, they, they, didn't, tell you they one, didn't even show up in the XFL. Like, I I can tell you one right now was Khalil Hodge. Yeah, Khalil Hodge. Um, yeah, there, there's I a couple was others. That exact name too, because I picked him up in one of my debut leagues, and you know, like I, I he, he could tackle ever. I I meant to look him up. And what happened? Like, yeah, the guy yeah, from Duke. I, I mean, who's the guy from Dan Duke t- that we? Uh, Dan can tell you, I completely missed on him. I was one of his biggest fans. Yeah, who's the guy from Duke? Because he didn't get a. Oh, shot either. Uh, crap. Uh, Edge of no. Nah, his name is Duke. <laughs> He's been injured for the Houston Texans the past two seasons. I know so. who you're talking. Man, I know who you're talking about, but I can't think right now. Yeah, I can't. Or Joe, no. No, no, no. no. I can picture his uh, profile that we did. <laughs> I just can't picture <laughs> yeah. his name. But, uh,. Anyways, um, you, you just have guys that college produce, and then the pros they just don't get a shot. They don't. There's something about their athletic profile that teams avoid. Maybe something in their medicals that teams avoid. Um. So I'm gonna pay. I mean, I pay attention to it at the draft. It's one of my favorite events, and apparently, I'm gonna have off. Uh, or not off, but I'll be. I'll be. I'll be able to enjoy every minute of the draft, uh, pretty much. I love um, draft season. It's oh. I'm like you. It's one of my favorite. The the trading, the banter back and forth, the positioning. Uh, I mean, the whole nine yards, and then when the actual draft hits, man, it's is just it, it's. Is it going to be the same? I think with, so. I th- with, I th- with no crowd. I'm I'm actually kind of uh, excited to see this because unless I, here's where I'm at. I, because I experienced this last year, I think unless you're actually in that town where the draft is being held, like last year was Nashville and I was there, I think unless you're actually there, I think the the crowd is kind of insignificant. You're watching what's happening. So I think this is going to kind of go back to the old school days when, you know, each club, you know, was at their home stadium and they're sending in picks. So I'm, I'm kind of uh, digging this right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I just – the past what 15 years they've made it a spectacle 
Right, they have, and, and naturally so, so, because it's a big the, money the past, draw. The past five years especially, they've tried to make it a spectacle. Now going back to no crowd, just kind of dead silence. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be different. That's Nobody's going to be there to boo the commissioner. Right. Oh, they'll be booing him. Don't worry, they will boo There's not going to be anybody there. It doesn't matter. He will be booed whether he's there or not. Are the teams going to boo him? No, but the fans will be booing him at home, and you know this. Uh, I don't really... We won't be watching it together, probably, with anybody. <laughs> well, some of us you'll, might. You'll be booing it yourself here. Maybe we'll live uh, stream yard our draft reactions here. Or something. There you go. There we go. There's an idea. Come I'll on now. <laughs> Heck yeah, we can sign up for the draft. Heck Some yeah. other shows do that stuff. Yeah. It might take away from my... Uh... Your enjoyment of it, right? Yeah. I mean, I kind of have a, a process I go through when I watch the show. Oh, draft. Lord. You and your processes. Oh, you know, I, I write down... See, I'm old school. I write down every pick still. I still have. Really? Actually, Actually, Ethan brought up a paper to do some math work on the back of. It had uh, the, the, <laughs> it had Baker Mayfield, number one of the Browns, on the front. I'm digging it. You know what? I still paper and pen. I'm old school. I will write stuff down. I've got notebooks, awesome. notepads everywhere. Yeah. Even with the... The luxury of Google Sheets where you can kind of put everything and organize it. I don't know. I, I still grab the paper and See, pen. I with, still do. The, I, the way I feel about doing that with the draft, I could look that up on NFL.com anytime I want. If I really want to <laughs> see the draft list, like I, I write it down because that's how I stay like connected to it. I know, kind of. A, we're kind of getting off topic here, but quick question. Because... Well, we're kind of done talking about safety, so we're... <laughs> Kind of well, true, but I, I kind of want to hear your two's opinion because this kind of intrigued me where we're writing down paper and pen. When you're doing this, do you kind of look at, and I've had questions about this, is why I'm asking. Like when the draft is happening, you're you're organizing, you're writing, you're doing the Google Sheets, whatever it is you're doing. Do you look at how it do you look at how it's going to affect your fantasy teams and what you're wanting, or do you look at it in a broader scope? Scope, as in what other on other owners are looking at, what other owners may be looking for. Does that make sense? So, what's my process of looking at players? Is what you're asking? Uh, yeah, I mean. Are you looking at it from a personal aspect or as a broader scope of what your team or your league mates may be looking at or or whatever? I honestly do it more for myself. You know, that's me. See, I'm 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 the same way. You know, I don't. I'm not worrying about. I want to worry about my own team and figure out what I need. You know, see if I can find those. Well, here's why I ask. Diamonds in the rough. Here's why I asked, because it's been probably a month ago. I was on the Off the Rails podcast with Madman and John DeBarry and all them. And and please forgive me, his name is Scott something, but I just can't remember right now. And he said when he goes into drafts, he kind of looks at it at what other owners are valuing these players at. In other words, um, 
off the top of my head, and I know this is a bad example, but Xavier McKinney. He may think Xavier McKinney is the most horrible player ever was. But he will draft McKinney because he thinks other owners love McKinney and the value is there. So he doesn't necessarily look at what his teams need, but what other owners thinks and what he can get in return for said players. But why would you waste your own pick on on something? You know, why would you, unless you're... He's looking to trade right away. Yeah, Yeah. unless you're, like, if it's in the, whatever, fifth round or whatever, and, oh, I'll take a flyer on him. But, I mean, if that's like, let's just say a second-round pick, I'm not going to waste a pick on somebody else just to trade him. You know, I want to get somebody that I want on my own team because somebody may think, oh, well, he just took him so that I couldn't take him, and now, you know... I don't know. I just, See, that's I just, kind of where I'm at. I'm, See, I'm when, I, of... when I look through this process, I look at it purely from a, can he get me tackles? Can he get me some some big plays? Right. And depending on the position, what kind of big plays am I looking for? You know, defensive ends, if you don't have 10 sacks as a college player, you're not going to get 10 sacks as an NFL player probably. Yeah. Um. You know, some of these guys may have injuries or something like that that impact them. You know, uh, bad suspensions. You know, not you know, like Chase Young got suspended for loaning or taking a loan <laughs> out or some you know garbage um, like that. Like Trevor Lawrence almost uh, got in trouble with the NCAA for starting a GoFundMe to raise money for charity. Right. That's why the NCAA is a joke. And he didn't but, really say. You but know, anyway, early getting back or late round picks, but I kind of see it in a way that makes kind of sense. I mean, if like Eric said, maybe the first two three rounds you're targeting what your team needs and what you want, but those later round picks, if there's somebody there that you don't like or you don't value heavily, but you think everybody else in your league does, it kind of makes sense to maybe spend that late round pick on them. And flip that guy for another pick or another player that you really want. I, I kind of see that. But then you yeah. just trade back. You say, who wants this pick? If you see somebody that somebody's going to trade up for, you, you try to trade out of the pick. See, I don't I really. Want, if I, want, I if I take a guy, I want him on my team for the next two to three years. That's me. Exactly. That's, I'm not taking. I'm not I'm taking just... anybody to just say he dangle a carrot because chances are you're not going to get the value that you're looking exactly. for and that i won't take somebody just because i don't like him and somebody else does i won't take somebody that i like that could be on my team for two years i mean if, if i take somebody and somebody makes me an offer for it well i'll listen to it and if i like it then i'll accept it so on and so right. forth. now what I'm you not, asked was kind of two separate questions because you were asking our process for checking like these rookies and stuff right well I mean, he just, I was, like I said, I was on this podcast and he said, you know, if there's a player there that everybody else loves and I'm not particularly fond about, but I think the value is there. Uh, let's say um, Nikhil Harry. Everybody was on Nikhil Harry. No, he was maybe, like top pick. I'm just using him as an example. Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe you, me, Eric, didn't value Nikhil Harry like everybody else did. But he thinks the value is there, and I, I wish I could remember Scott's name. I'm, I so but apologize. You, then, then but he thinks my he would opinion. take Harry because he thinks he can get the value for Harry later on and turn that into something else. 
See, offensive wise, I I rely a lot on other people's opinions, and I kind of form my opinion based off of people I trust. Because I don't watch a lot of offense, because I'm yeah. you know for the past three years we've dug into defense so bad so much that I don't have time to yeah. watch offense. Like so, exactly. I, I I have podcasts I listen to that I trust that that analyze the crap out of every pass every quarterback's <laughs> ever thrown. You know, like. So I, I I go to those experts for to form my opinion about some of these players. So offensive wise, you know, if everybody loves Nikhil Harry and maybe I'm like I don't really see it, I might just take Nikhil Harry and say these guys see something. The, these guys might know more than I do, you know, because I, I don't think I am the you know, smartest person in the room. You know, I have an opinion about a player. You know. Right. Delpit could outscore Xavier McKinney every season he ever plays. You know, just because my opinion was I liked McKinney better doesn't mean I'm going to be right. <laughs> Hopefully right. I'm right. I mean, right. I try to be right, but, you know, there's no guarantee about anything. You know, like you said earlier about Cleo Hodge, you know, you have guys you swing and miss terribly on. And that's yeah, why I think I, you got to look at the draft capital. Draft capital tells a lot, and I know this season is is kind of a weird season because normally these teams can scout these guys a little bit better with pro days and, and meetings and interviews and stuff. Um, but they're gonna take the sure big school names, I think, more so in this draft. Yeah, I could I can agree with that. Expect yeah, yeah. especially with all the stuff that's going down. It's just. Yeah, so draft capital, I think, is going to – you're going to see the Power 5 schools get drafted. I mean, you'll see the Duggars and Chins get drafted, but they're going to not maybe be as high as they would if they would have been able to come in for, you know, interviews and come in for workouts and things like that. Agreed. Yep, I agree. Yeah. But, like, my – the way I'm looking at a player, I look at their – their skills and how I think their skills are going to transfer to the NFL. Like some of the, like um, not to get too much into linebackers, but watching like Troy die, Troy die does pretty well with pac 12 offensive linemen getting around them when he's, you know, going up against the bigger offensive linemen in the NFL. Is he going to be able to do the same things in the backfield? They did at Oregon. I'm glad you brought him up. Do you, What's your thoughts on Dye? I like him. I, I kind of see him as a as a Robin to a Batman, if that makes sense. It does. Like, I don't think he can be the main middle linebacker, but I, I think he can play outside. Whether that's in a 4-3 or a 3-4, I think he's better suited to be outside a little bit. Perfect um, analogy. That number two guy, I really like him as that number two guy. Like, I actually think Atlanta would be a great spot for him to play alongside oh. Deion Jones. Yeah, he <laughs> Man. And he might not get drafted till round four or five. Man, um, that's kudos to you, uh, Dan. That is that is a perfect spot That'd be a for perfect him. landing spot, yeah, for Yes, him. it would. Um, and, and I see a lot of, the, like, the he can blitz pretty well. He can. I mean, he, he can. I think he's great. I just watched him the other day, so and just I was just in the middle of writing him up now. Actually, um, one of the things he he can cover, but he can also get beat. 
pretty badly. And hey, Cam. You give a guy cover skills really aren't that bad. Cover skills are pretty good, but the one thing that I saw that he gets beat on routinely is if he's got a guy in space in front of him, and that guy, any talented ball carrier, which in the NFL they all are, right. uh, he can they can make moves and kind of get around him. Mm-hmm. Um, if if it's a regular standard run play and it's you know he, he can read and react and get to it, but if he's out in space. He, he, a lot of people made him kind of break his ankles, you know, kind of like, you know, on a, on a basketball court, crossed him over. Don't you think he's, <laughs> and this just hit me and maybe I'm wrong, okay. but don't you think he's the equivalent of Herbert on offense? What do you mean by that? Well, you know, a lot of people think Herbert's not the best starting QB. You know, you got Tua, you've got Herb uh, Burrow. Uh, a lot of people have got love against him. I think, don't you think Troy dies kind of the equivalent of what Herbert is on offense? There's a lot of people not sure about Herbert. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. I mean, I'm pretty. Die will find a role. I think he'll find a starting job. He might not start year one. Um, I like Die. I mean, he's six four, two twenty six, roughly, give or take. Yeah, where you're looking. I mean, that's pretty good size. He's tall, uh, which means if he can get in the weight room and put on another ten pounds, I think he'd be better suited to to play against NFL linemen, which he probably I mean, will he, when he gets into right. the NFL locker room. But uh, I think from what I saw, he's got good speed. He does. Um, I mean, he had he, almost 400 tackles. For well, him. that's the thing is he handles what's in front of him. It's when yeah. he's out in the wide open spaces that if a guy can make a couple moves. And, yeah, I, mean, and I think it, I think it's hard to compare, you know, I guess that because Herbert, I mean, he's he's the quarterback and he is the he would be the face. Whereas die, you know, you have three or four starting linebacker spots. Yeah. And die isn't going to be the top guy. You know, I get you. No. I get you. I get you. I mean, he kind of fell off last year. I mean, you look at his sophomore. He did. He, he did. Yeah. Junior, 109. Then last year, he only had 84, which was the lowest because his uh, freshman year, he had 91. But, but um, he did play through a meniscus injury. He did. So yeah, that, that that's impacted him, I think. You have to think. take in effect. You also have to take into the fact that they had a young kid named Kayvon Thibodeau, who we all love up front. That's going to eat into you. Um, I don't think he was – he had to carry the team this past season like he did in the past. So that's an, that's a factor. Yeah. Um, you know, he's got five career interceptions, 14 pass deflections, four forced fumbles. I mean, the kid's no slouch. He makes plays. Um yeah. Plug yeah, him into a situation where he's your number two guy, and I think he's a superstar. I really do. Yeah, like I said, I think I think it. You know, Devondre Campbell taking Ooh. his spot would be a really good kind of comparison because he's he's very athletic. He's he's big. I mean, he's, you know what? I'm going to write that down because if that happens, I'm going to give you mad. Props because Atlanta, that'd be a great spot. Yeah, I'm giving you mad props for that. I really am. I mean, Atlanta doesn't really have. I mean, they have Deion Jones, and they have you know, if 
Olakun's there still. And... See, that's the thing that bothers me about Atlanta. Their scheme is a 4-3 scheme, but they don't have the personnel. No. Well, they... How, how big would this be? How big would this be? You draft A.J. Epinez in the first, you come back and get uh, Troy Dye in the second. That's where they need help is defensive. <laughs> I'm telling you. You, you they, get those two back-to-back, that's a game-changer for them. Yeah, I think they need somebody on the back end. They need a corner. And, okay, this is bothering me. I got to ask. I got to ask. Okay. And and maybe I'm wrong, and Dan's going to bust my balls over this. I know he is. <laughs> I know where this is coming from. A.J. Epineza. Everybody's making a big issue of his 40 times, his whatever times you want. That's not why you're drafting this kid. Or I say kid, this this young man. That's not his game. That's not why you're drafting him. His game is straight power, brute strength, country strong. He is going to set the edge, and he is going to beat people down. That's mm-hmm. what they need. That's where you're looking at. I love the guy. I think he's one of the 25 best players in college football in this draft right now. And I'll stick by that. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But what I've seen I mean, him he's... do at Iowa and what he brings to a team, you put him in the right situation, this kid can play, I'm telling you. He's uh, – well, I haven't really watched him. He wasn't on my list of players that I was assigned that's because you're an hater. That's because you <laughs> took him, I think, is, is why. Um, no, seriously, I want to know what you guys think about him because I've seen a lot of stuff. Everybody's making issues about his speed and his See, I think, I think when I think 6'5", 275, I think D-tackle. Okay. Or 3-4 defensive end. Okay. Or a 3-4 end. See that's and I'm thinking yeah, three, that's four, exactly and, yeah. what Atlanta wants. That's exactly what Atlanta but, wants. But is that how they? I mean, they have Tack McKinley. Who else do they have rushing? Tack McKinley's a bum. Get him out of there, really. Well, that, that's exactly Jesus. why they need somebody that can come. Uh, that's Jesus fast Christ. around the edge. That's uh, exactly not... why they got rid of Devonde Campbell. That's exactly why they got rid of whoever the hell the Titans. Well, are. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what they, I'm not saying they've made good personnel decisions. I'm, I'm just, just saying like, what they need is a lot on the defensive end. They need a they need a replacement for Campbell, which I mean, I mean they might they might slide Olakun in that spot. So you they traded Duke started. Riley last year. They don't really yeah. have anybody else except for Tack McKinley on the edge. They have Alan Bailey who's played a little end. They have nobody. Them. They have Grady <laughs> Jarrett up front. I mean they, they, they have nobody. What I'm uh, just looking at measurements. Espinoza sounds like a three-four defensive end to me, where he's still powering through. You know. Okay. You, I, I just add, don't see. I don't see Chase Young. 50. I don't see. No, he's not Chase Young. He's no, not exactly. Not. That's and well, I'm not trying to say that he is, but I'm saying. You put him in that 4-3 with his size, with what he does, that big power country strong guy, put him in Atlanta, I'm telling you he's going to eat in that 4-3 scheme. I'm telling you. He'll probably see tons of double teams. (laughs) 
Oh, I don't know. Jarrett Jarrett gets double teamed often inside, but Jarrett can bomb. It's because they're not really intimidated by the other rushers. On that exactly. Team. That's my point. So, I think he would he would be a good fit in Atlanta, though. I do too. I, I do. As much as I hate to say that, because I hate Atlanta, but really, so, really, so while, while we're yeah. completely off <laughs> off topic here, I can't. No. Atlanta, New Orleans, Tampa. Ooh, Atlanta. I mean, New Orleans. Uh, New Orleans has Davenport and Jordan. How happy are they with Davenport, though? He's not panned out yet. He has first-round pick for him. Very true. Very true. So here's a question while we're completely off topic. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Convince me why the Seahawks would actually want uh, Gers Matos on their team because I've seen him mock to them all the time and I'm just like no I don't want another defensive end in the first round that's not going to do anything Okay, why okay. should I want him on the Seahawks the potential with his size and length I don't want to hear potential because I got I know, potential I in Rasheem Green I got potential in LJ Collier and they did nothing for my team and we've wasted high picks on them two straight years I think He's between Machine Green and LJ Collier. He's way better than Collier, probably closer to Machine Green, in my opinion. Um, in this draft class, I like what what he is, what he brings, and I think he does have some potential with his with his length, his bend. Um, if it's me, I'm probably taking a player more like Daryl Taylor. Who's a little bit more raw, a little bit more unpolished. Um, so why wouldn't I want more of a? Is he a speed guy? Because like I, I haven't watched him, so he doesn't seem like a speed guy at six five two sixty six. Help me, Eric. He's not really a speed guy. Uh, so so why should I, as a Seahawks fan, want him instead of Bradley and I, Julian Aquara? I'd take him over over Julian. I mean, these guys are not first. You know, both of those guys are not charted to be in the first round. He's tall, he's long, and has potential. And I think that's what's going to drive him. Okay. Um, Go ahead, Daryl. He does have 34 and 7 eighths inch arms. He does. I mean, that length, that potential, that's what teams are looking at. Whether they're right or wrong, that's regardless. Um, I, I just keep having flashbacks of us wasting first round picks on defensive ends that aren't doing anything for us. And I don't know that you're wrong in thinking that with with Motos. I I really don't. Uh, I think you I mean can, the, the the mock I just looked at had T Higgins as our pick, and I'd say, I, I hey, give me T Higgins. Could, true, and I think you could pass on him and get a player like Anai or a player like Daryl Taylor, a player like. Bryce Huff, even. I think you could go yeah. a later round and get a player like that and probably get just as good production from them as you would him. See, that's what I'd rather my team do. If you're going to take I, another edge player, just wait a round or two and get somebody like that. I hate to say that he was he would be a bust, but I think where he's going to get drafted and what's going to be expected of him, It'll that be could be a very – yeah, it could be a possibility. I really do. Yeah, yeah. I I can't even convince you to take take an 
in the first round again. I, and it's it, not that I don't like the kid, because I really do, because I've watched enough of him. He, There is traits and skills that he has with his size that you like, but I think where he's going to get drafted, ooh, I think it's a reach. I really do. I think it's a big reach. Yeah. I think the Seahawks have bigger need than yeah. Absolutely. I mean, they have they have picked up some offensive linemen in free agency. I don't think any of them are game changers as far as guys they picked up. Yeah, um, my the two mocks that I did, I have them taking offensive linemen in, in both of them because yeah. that's what they back Wilson. So real quick, well before we wrap up, uh, we are all involved in the. Uh, dynasty football digest rookie magazine and that's what we've been you know working on for the past couple months i know daryl you know writes like 15 articles a week or something like that uh (laughs) over at dff but but um i'm actually i haven't gotten the deep edge players yet but i'm actually supposed to watch gross matos so i'll i'll be queuing him up also kenny wilkies and julian aquara um did anybody see on Twitter uh, Kenny uh, Willickies, uh post a video of him? Uh, it said something like, here is my non-athletic video showing him doing like splits and like agility stuff that's like ridiculous looking. No, I haven't seen that. <laughs> yeah, like literally like a six three guys doing like splits and stuff like <laughs> effortlessly and i'm like you know they they, they kind of have boxed him in as the non-athletic defensive end and i guess off of a 40 time just sent it to you Carol. yeah because uh it was an interesting video and i was like yeah i'm supposed to watch him i'll uh i'll have to okay. check him big- out He's a big guy. I mean, that's I think why teams uh, teams they want their edge guys to look like Chase Young and Nick Bosa. They they want them lean and bendable. Lean, lean sack machines. <laughs> yeah, lean and sack machines is pretty much how they like them. Yeah. Uh, which that's the name of the game. I mean, de- right. defensive end is such a wasteland for IDP, in my opinion. Like I, I was sat down trying to do every year. I try to look at my rankings normally while the PSSAs are going on, mm. um, but I try to look at my rankings um, and looking the defensive end. Once I got past like eight or nine, I'm like, "Geez, who do, who comes next?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "Really?" Like, and I'm looking at some of the guys. I'm like, "Is Frank Clark really like top 10? And, and I, I guess he is based off of stats and based off of things. And I'm like, like man, defensive end's terrible. <laughs> yep. I, I mean, do you guys look at? I mean, I think you both do rankings, right? Eric, do you do? I no, I, I no, you don't really do ranks. I know Daryl does rankings. Like when when you look at defensive end, don't you just like throw your hands up in the air? Like I, I don't know, like. You, Honestly, you get, I kind of do, and I hate it. I really do. I hate it. I mean, you get I, Hunter, Bosa, Bosa, Garrett. Then it's a teardrop after that. Uh, Cam, uh, Cameron Jordan's DeMarcus an older Lawrence. player. Demarcus Lawrence had a terrible year last year. So, oh, so horrible. I have him in tier two. Like, 
I've started doing my rankings based off of tiers as well, more so than just numbers. Um, but yeah, you know, I've Lawrence in tier two because he has the potential to be 15 sack guy. Um, he played last year terribly. I think that's mainly um, his late surgery, to be honest. Um, but like, you know, I got Frank Clark in that group. I, I got. You, you think D Ford is almost in that group, but not quite. Like, yeah, the injuries concern me with him. And same with Armstead. Like the injuries concern me with Armstead. Is Armstead? True. You know, right. like Armstead right. had a good season last year, his best, his career best. And but, and then you're looking at like, can I really put three 49er defensive ends in my top like fifteen? <laughs> <laughs> You know, because they, they kind of play all around the line. I mean, Armstead kicks inside sometimes and, and stuff like that. But, you know, you're, you're looking at the defensive end position. You're like, none of these guys I can see getting double-digit sacks, except for the right. top, top-tier top guys. Like, top-tier guys, you know, guaranteed. After that, I mean, you're seeing a bunch of these old vets that I can't, in a dynasty ranking, I can't put Carlos Dunlap in the top ten. Uh, no. no. Top 20, maybe. Yes. 24. I think I got him around like 23, 24, something like that. And I kind of got him in like the old man tier. (laughs) Like I have a tier of guys that are good, solid production guys, but they only got a couple years left. So. Another guy that would be be, uh, Stephen Weatherly. You know, he just come, he was sitting behind Griffin Griffin Hunter, and now he's going to be the man in Carolina. So, you know, he's one yeah. of them guys that, you know, could sneak up. Yeah. I mean, but. Brian Burns should be good for Carolina too. Hopefully yeah. more than just the first six games of the season. I hope so. Uh, but anyway, we went way off topic towards the end here. Um, <laughs> did we get any questions or anything before we shove off here? Uh, I did not. I don't know if you guys are did. No, I did not. Did not. No. So, one while we're on the topic of safeties, I guess. What do you guys feel about um, Jonathan Abram? No, oh, I think he's gonna be undervalued because people forgot he existed. Yeah, usually. So, I got a question about him earlier today, and I was like, I actually kind of forgot him about myself. So yeah. I was like, because okay. you, I mean, you look at your year-end stats, and he doesn't show up because nope. he didn't play, but like two, two games, three games, right? Yeah, I think he only had like four or five tackles or something like that. But yeah, yeah. I think he's going to be a safety one. Yeah, you know, with Carl Joseph ceiling. Gone. Carl Joseph. I mean, yeah, Carl Joseph really wasn't in his way. Um, well, the thing that worries me about a yeah, the thing that worries me about Abram is is the thing I like about him is his aggressive style. His aggressive style can get him in a lot of trouble. Well, that's what can also, yeah, it broke his shoulder, didn't he? Like, he had a labrum yeah. tear, didn't he? I think that's what it was. I think it was a shoulder. Collarbone, something like that? Yeah. Something like that, yeah. Like, his aggressive nature is what could also be his biggest enemy. So... Um, I like him, and you can't, you can't, you know, this is a physical game. 
but um, I, I still think he's ceiling of a safety one, so I definitely have no problem taking him. Yep, I agree. Yeah, there, there's a handful of guys. I mean, I'd take him over Harrison Smith because Harrison Smith, you know, he's a lot younger than we think, but he's still, you know, late 20s vet. And uh, Abram Torres rotator cuff. Okay, there you go. So, I mean, shoulder injury, yeah. But, you know, he should be fine for the start of this season. He had a, he'll have about a year recovery time. What the ask Ethan about rotator cuff surgery? Um, but yeah, I have no problem taking Abram. I mean, there's a handful of guys I'd take over him, but potential's there. Yep. Definitely, agreed. Agreed. Right. I just like I said, I had the question earlier today, so I was curious what what you guys had thought of him because yeah. I had, I had forgot about him so. Yeah. I like him. I think he's a perfect fit for that defense. Uh, <laughs> he's almost a throwback to what the Raiders used to be. So, yeah, I think they kind of want to throw back to what safeties used to be. If you think about it, exactly. I mean, they. I think Gruden and them kind of want him to reel it back just a tad. Oh yeah. But at the same time, that's what they love about him. That's that's what's going to make him good. So that's what a uh, hard knocks. You know, is a. Guilty pleasure show because I know some sometimes we get carried away with some of these guys, um, but you know him and Gruden talking and Gruden's like, dude, you, you can't injure our own guys. Like you're out here at practice against our own guys. Like you right. can't be right. you can't be trying to hurt like the guys that are on you know you're part of this but, what we're trying to build here. But you don't you think that's so hard to tell a player to do? I mean, like Abram. I mean, that's that's it how is, he knows but, how to play. How yeah. do you tell? How do you tell him to you dial don't, it back a little bit? You don't want the guy killing your own teammates. Like I, I understand, but he only knows one way. He that's how he, he plays. Does, but you gotta scale back a little bit in practice. <sighs> yep, that or you're just gonna keep getting hurt too. Yeah, true. I get it. But, I mean, go uh, play that way during the game, but practice and you you don't hit in practice i mean you don't hit that hard at least sure you don't i mean you kind of do but you know (laughs) you don't try to kill your teammates like like he was trying to do like you you watch some of those plays (laughs) and he is trying to go through his teammates and it's like you don't try to go through your teammate when you're trying to practice but but anyway That'll about wrap it up this week. Uh, We are going to try to do the dig uh, sometime in the next couple days. Uh, I won't release them back-to-back days, but um, have we figured out what we're talking about on the dig podcast? (laughs) No. Not yet. Yeah. So you two can uh, have a meeting about that and figure that out. Uh, But in the meantime... um, you know, day whatever nineteen without sports. This is killer. So, it's at tough. least we have the draft to talk about, and at least we have the draft coming up to look forward to. Yes. Uh, but anyway, that's about it. Outro music is popping up here. I can't even say like "Go Phillies" or anything because they're they're not playing. <laughs> yeah. Go Hawks. Do they ever play though? <laughs> you, you can find Daryl at RyanTannehillFan.com 
Oh, you're, oh, you're dirty, Ron. Man. I, oh, had, hey. I, had to, I had to slip it in, even yeah, at the very end. The end. Nobody can see this but you and Eric. Good night now, Stone Cold. <laughs>